This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. Welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast, powered by Impact Commercial. I'm your host, Corey Wright. You get a new sponsor? I know they were sponsoring before, but is this... Uh... Well, okay, we're going to step up the sponsorship game. We've got to step up the sponsorship game. All right, all right. Well, I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. Yeah, today we got a great show. Great show. If you if you didn't think Surrey was a front runner in one of the cities you got to invest in, wait until you talk to hear our episode today with Anita. A phenomenal insight. You know, it's going to be the be-all, end-all. This is, so it's Anita Huberman. She's the president and CEO of the Surrey Board and Trade. Been uh, with the organization for over 15 years. Actually, close to 30 years uh, with the Surrey Board of Trade. 15 years as the president. Yeah. So I don't think there's anyone better to talk to about where Surrey's come from and where it's going than Anita Huberman. And she provides, you know, amazing insight, not only into like the obvious areas that you think, but also other areas that are developing, where the development's going. We talk a little bit about the challenges that Surrey's going to experience as as it's becoming sort of Canada's next big city. We talk about transportation, like everything is covered and then some. It's it's a great episode and gives you just, just unpacks everything that you didn't think was there that you already you know, knew from the surface side of it. And you know, the interesting thing, you know, just thinking about this from the residential side is I feel like the hype around Surrey has been there for three to five years now, yeah. right? At least three, four years. And you look at some of the pre-sale construction prices, price per square foot on these new towers going up and you think, man, it's, it's basically, it's pretty close to Vancouver. It's Vancouver. Vancouver pricing, right? Yeah. And have I missed the boat? And this conversation actually... Reminds me of something, you know, we've long said on the, on the Vancouver real estate podcast, believe the hype, yeah. right? This is a, this isn't like a stock, uh, an IPO or something like that, yeah. where, where, you know, you got to get in early. I mean, the earlier, the better, but there's a long way to go for Surrey here. It's funny you say that because other people have mentioned the similar thing to me, like, oh, did we miss that? And after talking to Anita today, you realize we're still in the infancy oh, man. of yeah. where Surrey's going. Yeah. So although Surrey has seen a great run up in prices, and it's pretty much Vancouver 2.0, it feels like from a pricing standpoint. Yeah. It's got such a long runway ahead of it. Today is as good a time as any to enter that marketplace in any facet. Yeah, no kidding. And and some of her stats about, you know, a third of the population being under 19. Incredible. It feels like a very different city, so much energy, so much growth potential. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Anita Huberman, president and CEO of the Surrey Board of Trade. This is a, this is a fantastic conversation. Enjoy, guys. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial. John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at Impact Commercial. 
impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. So we're here with Anita Huberman from the Surrey Board of Trade, President and CEO. How are you, Anita? I'm good, thank you. We always start by asking our guests to tell our listeners a little bit about themselves. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Anita? So I've been the President and CEO of the Surrey Board of Trade for 15 years, and I've been with the organization in a variety of roles for over 28 years. And I'm also an honorary captain of the Royal Canadian Navy. I've served for just over seven years in that capacity, appointed by the Defense Minister of Canada. I've served on the National Film Board, uh, which uh, represents Canada's film industry for six years, appointed by the Heritage Minister, and also serve in a variety of community roles. In addition to everything else that I do at the Surrey Board of Trade, which includes being a lobbyist, instigating change at the different levels of government, and we are Surrey's city-building business organization to ensure that everyone recognizes the amazing assets that are here in Surrey, and Surrey will be the largest city in British Columbia very soon. So having worked in, I guess, not the position, but at the, at the Surrey Board of Trade for, for 15 years, just wondering, did you see, uh, I feel like the Surrey, for lack of a better word, the brand of Surrey has kind of transformed over the last 15 years and there's, there's so much excitement around it. Does that surprise you having been in the Surrey Board of Trade for, for as long as you've been? Well, it's not surprising, and it is something that we thought would happen because you can fit the cities of Vancouver, Richmond, Burnaby into our geographic limits. We have the most industrial land inventory within Metro Vancouver, so we're still able to build businesses, build housing, whereas Vancouver has to build up. So we knew that even in the 28 years altogether that I've been with the organization, the transformation that has happened in our city is not surprising. We knew it would happen because the population growth that still continues, 1,200 to 1,400 people a month. We have the most number of newcomers uh, that come to our city within British Columbia, and more is expected. So the blend of international assets or docking facility, we have a, we're a border city, having the greatest number of manufacturers in British Columbia, our land base, our human capital assets, a third of our population is under the age of 19. This is a very healthy area for any business within the world to co-locate or relocate. And I've always said, and I've branded the organization as such, is we're making Surrey an opportunity city by collaborating and utilizing all of our assets to make it work for our very diverse industry base that we have here in the city. Well, I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> where do I sign <laughs> yeah, up? Where <laughs> it's been no secret, obviously, you know, development has been has been booming in Surrey. Industries have been booming in Surrey. And we're seeing a lot of, you know, jobs relocate and all that stuff. Is what sectors of the industry or the business sectors are you seeing that are maybe having an upward trajectory, more so maybe as of late than maybe years years ago? Well, 
Our labor market reports were the ones that uh, delivered these intelligence reports every other month. And during the pandemic, and as we're moving beyond that, it's the knowledge and resource industries that are really ahead of the game in terms of pandemic economic recovery. And uh, when you think of Surrey, you may think, oh, resource industries, knowledge industries, that's really surprising. But we have a thriving forestry sector. We have about 118 different businesses that support the mining sector within uh, the province and within the nation. Um, Our knowledge industries in terms of our health and technology sector Our education sector is really leading the charge in terms of job creation and meeting and exceeding pre-pandemic employment levels. We do have a thriving construction and development sector that was considered essential during the pandemic and has really thrived. But their number one challenge related to the industry is finding labor finding those skills that are needed on the construction site or beyond. And and that's really eroding bottom line productivity, but certainly the demand is there. Surrey is growing. We're building our own downtown core from ground zero. And all of the town centers are growing from a commercial and residential landscape. But the number one issue really is related to human capital and Tying industry needs, the curriculum development to get those people on the job. Right. And and it's, of course, UBC. I'm just thinking about human capital. UBC, of course, just announced, was was it last week or the week before that they acquired land there, along with, of course, SFU's campus. It really feels like Surrey's becoming a destination city as opposed to kind of that idea of almost being a suburb in the past. Well, Surrey has always been a destination city. The added component of UBC creates this education ecosystem with Simon Fraser University, Kwantlen University, and also private institutions that really blend that needed ecosystem of support for our business community, not only for the development sector, but for our manufacturing sector, our resource sectors, really blending that public institution element as well as that private education element. It's exciting to be in Surrey. Certainly as a growing city, we have challenges, but um, you know we will meet those head on and, and some take longer than others to ensure uh, longevity and success. But from our perspective, and even when I'm speaking to international investors through our International Trade Center here in Surrey, people are looking at Surrey because you can live, learn, work, and play uh, within this city, within the South Fraser Economic Region. By 20. There's going to be another 1.3 million people moving into the metro Vancouver region. The majority of them will live, learn, work, and play in Surrey and in the South Fraser Economic Region, all the way to Abbotsford. Can we talk a little bit, you mentioned the challenges and growing pains. Can we talk a little bit about what challenges Surrey faces and has faced? Like One of the things, you know, from we're obviously in, in Vancouver and our businesses in Vancouver. So Surrey's, we're kind of looking from the outside, but it does seem like at least in terms of residential development that Surrey's uh, way ahead of the curve in terms of getting 
the type of housing built that you need to grow. But can we talk a little bit about those challenges and, and also through COVID, the challenges that Surrey faced there? Well, because of our continued population growth, even during the pandemic, and uh, with continued uh, immigration and refugees that continue to settle in Surrey and in the South Fraser region, but more specifically in Surrey, housing still continues to be an issue, affordability. At the end of November, we're going to hear the province's housing supply gap. And we are predicting that Surrey still has a long ways to go in terms of keeping pace with housing supply needs and affordability and ensuring that the right mix of housing to support our workforce ecosystem is there. We're expecting a significant gap of 30 to 50,000 housing units. Maybe that's on the low end. It could even be higher than that, given the population estimate. And not everyone can afford a house or a condo. So uh, really integrating the not-for-profit development sector to ensure purpose-built rental, quality purpose-built rental, and different types of housing in this development ecosystem, utilizing our land to the most productive way possible, creative solutions are needed. The number one issue that we're facing right now as a city is growing pains. You know, we can't keep pace with our population growth and the infrastructure assets that are needed to meet that growing demand. We are way behind in terms of transit, healthcare, education, investment. Um, A lot of activity has taken place, obviously, but we're still playing catch up. We're still a car culture. We're in the midst of a climate change crisis. And moving people out of those oil and gas cars into electric vehicles, into cycling infrastructure. And and the city is just really keeping up with that, uh, trying to keep up with that. We have a long ways to go to ensure that people can even play in Surrey. We don't have a performing arts center in, you know, the Generation X uh, age group and, and younger, you know, we still have to, in some instances, go into Vancouver to play. We need significant infrastructure assets in our creative economy, and uh, and those are not being focused on and certainly has been an advocacy priority for the Surrey Board of Trade. And you there, you said the magic word in commercial real estate, which was industrial. Everyone mm-hmm. sees what's going on in the, the Surrey Central area. What other areas are you excited about in Surrey there and that's going to see some rapid change in development in the coming years for our listeners that may not be as familiar with the Surrey market? Well, most recently, the Campbell Heights uh, development, there's a north part of it that's already developed near the border 192nd and then 16th Avenue South, you know, in that yeah. area. There's a southern part of Campbell Heights that is been approved by the Metro Vancouver mayors to be rezoned, redeveloped, uh, possibly move in another 135 new businesses, 20,000 jobs. And so that could be from national Canadian businesses or international investors. That is really going to transform Surrey. And in a partnership with the development community, developers are always seen as the evil 
industry, but really they are a significant foundation in economic development to drive uh, transit investment, to drive housing investment, to drive creative industry investment, housing investment. They're part of this economic development ecosystem where you can work with them to also ensure mitigation in terms of environment uh, challenges or uh, concerns that residents have. It can't be an us and them type of situation anymore. And Campbell Heights is definitely one of those areas within Surrey. Newton is another one that uh, we're watching very closely that needs transit investment. It has the most number of businesses within that area of Surrey uh, in terms of manufacturers, in terms of multicultural diversity, diversity of industry, and still available land, but they lack transit investments that could really transform that area. Guilford is another area to watch. A lot of housing investment, retail investment, Port Kells is a, on the off of highway number one, is a mature industrial market, but still plenty of opportunities to partner with existing landowners. And then one that we've really been pushing the city to do, but really haven't had any success is really transforming the Fraser River waterfront, taking a look at the private sector on the Surrey side of the Fraser River partnerships with First Nations. First Nations are a significant landholder and economic development collaborator. And uh, the advantages, the engagement, the relationship building along the Fraser River really has not been done cohesively. Yes, we have uh, different uh, topography on the Fraser River, on the Surrey side, but there's so many opportunities to make it an instigator for job creation and as a tourism destination, really lending to the vibrancy of our city in the long term. One thing we sort of looks like we're watching kind of play out in the media a little bit is is the transition from the RCMP to a local municipal police force. And obviously we're not on the, the ground in Surrey like you guys are. Is it as challenging as it appears from the outside looking in? And, and what, where does that play itself out? Or what do you, without going into your crystal ball, what, what, how does that thing unfold itself in the coming years? Well, the Surrey Board of Trade from the very beginning said that we don't know what the actual costs are related to this public safety infrastructure transition. We have said the BC government made a mistake in approving this, not knowing what kind of public safety impacts that is going to have on their own budget uh, for British Columbia, but also for other BC communities. An election is taking place the next year. There's a grassroots call for a referendum. And uh, we're watching this very closely. Surrey has the largest RCMP detachment in Canada. This is no easy feat to transition from the RCMP to a municipal police force, especially when we've had no added police officers on the ground since the last municipal election. And continued population growth, continued challenges, 
It's not about changing the police force to reduce crime. And in fact, our crime has gone down uh, over the past three years. It's about making sure we have a holistic mechanism, holistic investments related to youth prevention, uh, gang prevention, and other types of judicial reform that is needed to get these gangsters off the streets. So um, from our perspective, it shouldn't have taken place, and the money could be better spent on economic development activities such as more creative industry infrastructure assets, more investments in terms of uh, transit uh, to Newton, to Guilford, to South Surrey, to Cloverdale, other priorities, uh, even during the pandemic when things seemed so dire. This really wasn't a top-of-mind economic priority from our perspective at the Surrey Board of Trade. One market that we kind of watch a lot, just because it seems like it's growing and it seems with the announcement of the expand or the new hospital site and stuff like that in Cloverdale, what are you guys seeing from inside that marketplace? From the outside looking in, it looks like it's definitely on a good trajectory up. It looks like a lot of the, the commercial product that we've been watching is turning over much faster, more businesses coming in. You mean more development in that corridor? Are you guys seeing the same thing with the sort of from the inside of the bubble in that Cloverdale marketplace? Well, there is a national and an international ecosystem of attention to Surrey. And it's not only because of the next hospital in Surrey based in the Cloverdale town town center, uh, but it's also because of the health and technology district across from the Surrey Memorial Hospital that currently exists. Three towers have been built, another five to come to really leverage new and leading edge technology in the healthcare sector. We're working with other countries, other national partners for co-location opportunities to build in and bring in uh, new uh, tech businesses, new healthcare software technology solutions. It's all happening here in Surrey but also in blending and in partnership with medical schools, nursing schools, uh, with Qualtan University, Simon Fraser University, and of course, UBC coming in as well. What do you see, Anita, as the biggest risks or threats to, to Surrey's growth over the next number of years? The biggest risks and threats is really related to politics. And making sure that the political paradigm is collaborating, engaging with the private sector and private business organizations, that we're all at the table together looking at uh, new ideas uh, happening around the world and uh, really being creative in our thinking. You know, we are creating the next big city uh, of British Columbia. And every single political level has to be able to engage with different communities, different organizations, our First Nation organizations and First Nation entities to ensure economic success and into the future. And that has been uh, a challenge uh, for local politics. We have a municipal election next year, and so we will see how that rolls out. But uh, that is the number one challenge and risk to our brand and to the progress of our city. Surrey will grow nonetheless, no matter what the politics are, because of the available land inventory. 
but the um, the politics, you know, has to go. And I guess the second piece and the second thread is transportation investment. You know, you can have a blend of transportation technology to move people. And so we're moving people into electric vehicles, but congestion continues. Right. And so how can we get people out of cars? It's not only going to be through SkyTrain. It has to be through other types of transit technology and, and light rail transit is one of those pieces. I was just going to sort of touch on that. What is your thoughts or what is your take from a Surrey Board of Trade perspective on the pivot, maybe from that light rail system that was once proposed to Doug McCallum's push for the SkyTrain expansion? Do you, do you favor either one? Well, the Surrey Board of Trade, we have favored. I was chair of Surrey's Light Rail Coalition through uh, Diane Watts and Linda Hepner uh, when they were mayor. But the shift was more of a regional focus on transportation, moving people, you know, from Langley uh, to the rest of the region, but not moving people within the city. And that's what light rail technology would have done. And it was state-of-the-art technology that we have seen around the world that moved people efficiently and effectively around the city. It included accommodation for cyclists to move as well. And so now it ignores three town centers, and there was expansion to other town centers such as South Surrey and Cloverdale and the long-term vision of light rail implementation. And now you are, or the city is building SkyTrain through an area that it really is not populated, not densified currently of the official community plan is currently being amended. More densification is being built around housing on that SkyTrain line, but we're not going to see that SkyTrain really until 2030. So um, we're again behind the line in terms of transit investments. Light rail would have been built by now, and it still needs to be a piece of the future. We just can't rely on this archaic very expensive SkyTrain technology. And now we're going to need private sector collaboration and investments to build light rail if it ever does in Surrey, because we can't keep going to government coffers. Government is in a deficit, both British Columbia and the Canadian government. Infrastructure does create jobs, but we need to look at creative solutions. How has COVID impacted Surrey? Well, many of our industries were considered essential during COVID. Our manufacturers were still able to move uh, across the border as essential, you know, those pieces of the supply chain. Certainly, we have seen great success in terms of employment gains based upon our labor market intelligence reports. I think it's the urban centers that are, are going to be successful such as Surrey and Vancouver, beyond COVID. We're going to have to live with COVID for a long time. But it's the rural areas, the small towns within British Columbia that are going to really be suffering in the short-term, medium-term in terms of investment. Uh, areas such as Surrey, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Toronto, we're going to see long-term successes and not really being, you know, great impacts like we we are seeing in northern BC, for example. Just thinking here, Anita, and this is, I wish I would have asked it earlier, but a couple of stats that you mentioned early on kind of 
jumped out at me. And I'm wondering if you can put them in in kind of a larger context, maybe a larger Metro Vancouver context. But you mentioned that a third of the population in Surrey is under 19, which seems staggering to me in terms of future growth and potential. You mentioned 12 to 1400 new immigrants are coming to Surrey every month. Are there other kind of similar stats that are notable? And can you put those in the larger context in terms of how those are related to, say, Vancouver or or the larger Metro Vancouver region? So to clarify, uh, it's 1,200 to 1,400 people a month that are moving into Surrey. And that could be because of newcomers, interprovincial migration. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, housing affordability is one of the reasons that they're moving to Surrey or being closer to people that they want to live close to, cultures, cultural support. 50% of our population has a mother tongue other than English. We have 104 different languages that are spoken within our city. 30% of our population is under the age of 30. Very young, diverse workforce, a city of families. Yes, a third of our population is under the age of 19. And I mentioned before that our geography is so significant. So the opportunities for businesses to expand, increase their workforce, to ensure that sustainable, balanced lifestyle for their workforce can really only happen in Surrey instead of Vancouver. So you're not spending as much time in traffic. You're able to spend more time with your family. You know, the comparison really is that Surrey is a border city. Surrey has that ecosystem of manufacturers, the greatest number of manufacturers, very diverse production uh, cycle and ecosystem to support businesses locally, internationally, an international docking facility that supports system of uh, newcomer services. And really, this appetite for risk is only happening in Surrey because we know that we have to think differently than Vancouver. We can't be, you know, that old Vancouver mentality. We have to be progressive. We have to be evolving. We have to reinvigorate and we have to transform in an ongoing way. And that's why people locally, nationally, internationally, are looking at Surrey. And certainly the Surrey Board of Trade is that concierge of connection of evolving, reinvigorating, and transforming the brand of the city as a, a major institution within our provincial and national and global economy. The development community, from a foreign direct investment perspective, is a major partner in that from our perspective. And, and that's why we have a development and land use committee here at the Surrey Board of Trade where we can freely talk about the challenges, the gaps, the opportunities, and connect the dots. What's next for Surrey, besides becoming Canada's next big city? You've talked talked a lot about this, but if you were to sum it up, what does the next three to five years look like? Well, what's next for Surrey is another 15 to 17 downtown towers within its downtown core on King George Boulevard. It's a, a about 200 new businesses moving into the Campbell Heights area. It's about new transportation investments 
And finally, it's about being on the international stage, going out into the world through Surrey's International Investment Center to look at and strategically bring in new technology, new investments, and really tying in all of those educational assets that we have to meet the industry demands of today and tomorrow. This is the next Silicon Valley, the next Silicon Technology Center within the Cascadia Corridor. And it's exciting today. It's going to be exciting tomorrow. Yes, we have our challenges. But uh, certainly it is uh, an area that is not to be ignored anymore. Anita, to wrap things up here, we have a a six-pack of of lighthearted questions we ask all of our guests. So we kind of get to know you a little bit outside of the workforce there. Do you have just a couple more minutes for us? Sure. The six-pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team, these are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. So we'll start off with uh, an easy one here, and we don't want to put you on the spot, so you can give us multiple answers. Favorite bar or restaurant? Well, my favorite uh, restaurant these days is Ophelia. It's um, actually in Vancouver. Uh, It's in Olympic Village, and I just love how all the food is organic, and you have that sense of Mexico. And uh, I just love hanging out in that in that type of vibrant cultural environment. Well, I know what I'm getting for lunch now. Yeah, I've heard I've heard good things about. It. I haven't been there, but I've heard good things we're, about. We're it. a couple blocks. We're coming live from a couple blocks from from that restaurant, and also uh, that's my daughter's name. So I I was going to take her there on her birthday, but she's only nine, and I thought <laughs> ah, tapas it might be a little little much. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Favorite vacation spot. Hawaii. And in fact, uh, we're traveling to Hawaii, our first vacation since the pandemic began in December. And uh, we're still looking forward to just some spiritual rest and relaxation in Kauai. Oh, nice. Nice. I was was just going to ask you, was it the big island you're going to, or is there a specific spot over in the Hawaiian Islands you're going to? Well, the big island is our favorite, uh, but this time uh, we're going to Kauai. Oh, you can't go wrong any of them. A book you'd recommend to our listeners? And it doesn't have to be business related. Well, I guess, you know, these days during the pandemic, you know, the the book that I've been uh, looking at is that, uh, you know, winners never cheat, uh, even in difficult times. And we have been facing such a significant challenge uh, with the pandemic. And, uh, you know, we've seen how politicians have acted, you know, whether it's you know, at any level, uh, all over the world. And uh, we have to remain true to our ethics, to our values, to our beliefs. And so this book um, that was given to me as a gift, Winners Never Cheat by John Huntsman, um, is uh, just a a valuable wealth of information, common sense information about uh, just sticking to your values and your principles no matter what. And even if people disagree with you, you just move forward no matter what. 
Well, I think I know I'm going to get Matt and Adam for Christmas now. <laughs> I have to re- rejig my entire worldview. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Favorite movie, Anita? Well, recently, I mean, I haven't uh, been watching a lot of movies. I work 12, 14-hour days. But uh, certainly um, one memorable recent movie, and I just love the James Bond franchise, uh, the most recent James Bond movie. You have to go and see it with Daniel Craig. It's his uh, latest one. And I I just uh, am always so inspired and energized by any James Bond movie. And uh, even though it may seem that it's, uh, it's only for men, there's been uh, significant changes over the year uh, that really resonate with female leaders too. Oh, fantastic! The uh, the William Wright Commercial Real Estate Party this year is a uh, the Christmas Bond party theme. is a James Bond theme. So <laughs> <laughs> now this now this and you know this next question is going to tell us really who you are. So favorite <laughs> band or singer? Hmm. I don't really have a favorite band or singer. I just love live music, and I have missed it so much during the pandemic. I love to dance, and uh, that's why here at the Board of Trade in Surrey, um, one of the very few in the country, we started a Surrey Music City Center. So, I mean, I, I love, you know, even though I'm almost 50 years old, I love Harry Styles. I love that modern type of pop music, but I'm also um, at my heart an 80s girl, and I love Duran Duran, you know, Tears for Fears, OMD, because that was when you could just really dance, and and everything was just so different and simple back in the 80s. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, love music and uh, really relaxes me. Well, Matt's favorite band is One Direction, so it's funny you said Harry Styles. No, but you know what? Actually, I do. I was listening. Harry Styles came on the other day in one of his lesser-known songs, but it is... They're great songs. I was like, who is this? This is great. And I never thought I'd uh, be such a fan. Well, I think one thing, too, is that this is going to turn into like a Harry Styles plug here, is I heard a song on the radio, and I didn't realize it was him. And I think I, I picture him from like his like boy band days. But his stuff now actually is, that's is, what, that's, is good music. Okay, so I had the yeah, exact, yeah, I'm with you on that one. That's yeah. what I uh, I was like, man, this is a great song. Who is this? And it was Harry yeah, Styles. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Last question for you, Anita, and thank you so much for your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, is there's going to be somebody out there interested in commercial real estate that that is inspired by this conversation about Surrey? What is one piece of advice for listeners that are thinking about getting into the Surrey market? Well, whether you're a new developer or uh, a new young person entering the market or whether you're mature and you're experienced in this uh, game, which is very complex and ever-changing because of the needs and, and new rules by the government, just stick to your values and your principles. And uh, make sure that you are looking at organizations like the Surrey Board of Trade to uh, help facilitate those connections for you. Surrey is a huge city and no one really realizes the diversity and the complexity of our ecosystem until you're actually in the city. But certainly, you know, we are not risk adverse and uh, it's a very supportive ecosystem for the development uh, sector, which includes commercial, residential, not-for-profit developers, uh, construction, architectural engineers. It's a whole cycle that moves the economy 
And uh, we're there for you here at the Surrey Board of Trade. And Anita, before we let you go there, can you let our listeners know how they can find out more what you're doing in the Surrey Board of Trade? Well, check us out on our website at businessinsurrey.com. And uh, you'll find all the contact information there about our diversified service portfolio. Again, I'm Anita Haberman. I'm president of the Surrey Board of Trade. Well, thank you so much, Anita, for your time. That was a great interview, and we really appreciate you unpacking all the good things that are happening over in Surrey. My pleasure. And remember, Surrey is an opportunity city. Great. Thank you so much, Anita. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you have it, guys, our interview with Anita Huberman, CEO and President of the Surrey Board of Trade. If you already didn't think Surrey was the next thing, you do now. Well, that I actually left this podcast studio, walked down, saw Adam downstairs and said to him, we we got some good Surrey agents, but I want to get on the blower with one and and talk serious about where the opportunities are because, man, that, that got me excited. Well, kind of like we said in the intro there too, as well, is like you don't realize just how much of a runway Surrey still has. And you think like, oh, I missed that. Yeah. But after talking to Anita today, it's like there's so much coming in so many different asset classes from development to industrial that, you mean, you've got a lot of opportunity both now and ahead of you to get into that marketplace that it's going to be great. And one of the episodes that we have coming up is sort of our top five investment markets for 2022. And if you weren't convinced Surrey was going to be on that list before the show, <laughs> you better believe I'm a, there's a high probability nope. Surrey's on that list. Oh, but it's only a probability. You'll have to tune in to find out Corey's hot picks. You got to tune into it, right? Because there's a lot of cities in this in this province that any one of them could hit it. Yeah, absolutely. So what else do we have before we go, Corey? I got an, a, I don't want to say troubling email, but I received an email okay. and it, it kind of, I was, I was having a great day. I received this email. I scrolled through this email and there it was. Season four oh. <laughs> of Yellowstone. It's out. It's out. The first two episodes, I watched it. I got to say, and we said this, I said this to Adam and I think we maybe even talked about it on the, on the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. So there's two shows that are going on right now that everybody seems to be excited about. Succession on HBO. How can you not be? That, that is, it's unreal. The contrast between the two is, is pretty stark. Yellowstone is, uh, it, I feel like we, it might've been one of the larger missteps, uh, we've ever, uh, we've ever done. Largest. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's passable. Yeah. But not much more than that. Well, I, I will say Succession is is living up to the hype. And oh, my God. I'm, I'm current now on it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to Sunday when the next episode drops. Yeah. Yeah. No, it uh, it doesn't get much better than that. That's for sure. They call me a weekend warrior, but it's almost exclusively because Succession's on Sundays. Now, now is Yellowstone come out just because I don't watch it? Do they release the whole season at See, one time? I, I'm not sure. They released the first two as kind of to wet your beak a little yeah, bit, you know? Yeah. And, uh are they going to cancel sure. it? I don't know when the next one's come out. And I watched the first two and now I'm not even sure I care. <laughs> <laughs> the first two of season four. I watched the first two of season one and I felt the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but how, uh, as a final thought here, Corey, how can people find out more about what you're doing over at William Wright? People can reach out to us anytime at our Vancouver office, 604-428-5255. They can drop me an email at Corey at WilliamWright.ca or they can visit our website. WilliamWright.ca to find out the latest and greatest news coming your way. 
Absolutely. And of course, the transcripts of these episodes and the episodes themselves live over at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com, where we have VIP pre-sales on the live wire. And one of them is still some highly sought after industrial space over in Langford. I think, I think honestly, I got the latest numbers. I think it's like approaching 70% sold and they're, they're like literally putting a shovel on the ground. Like that's how wow. fast that project has sold and pricing is, seems like it's creeping up every single week in that asset class. Did we miss it though? No, you never miss it. Just call me. I'll get you. <laughs> All right. I'll get you. All right. Well, have a great week, uh, everyone. And we'll, we'll be back next week. That's for sure. Thanks for listening, guys. Subscribe today.